Radio. Uh, this is David Leaf, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andres Jones. I'd like to see what Radio 8-Ball looks like. I know what it looks like on a pool table. It was a lot of fun. It's just the normal noises in here. Welcome to Radio 8-Ball. Give us a shake. We're here on Feral Tempting Fate. Wherever you are, putting questions to the songs which we will randomly select here from Tom Petty's discography. And now it's time for Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show. And. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and today's Radio 8 Ball episode is focusing on the music and the life of Tom Petty, who we lost on October 2nd, and we're using deep cuts from his catalog as the answers to our questions, our musical divinations here. I always hoped we'd have... Tom Petty in person on the show, but if we don't have Tom Petty, we have the man who wrote the book on Tom Petty, Paul Zolo. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Paul. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Now, uh, tell us a little bit. You, When I say that you wrote the book on Tom Petty, you really wrote the book on Tom Petty. Conversations with Tom Petty is a book that you wrote. And uh, can you tell us a little, a little bit about the process that... Sure. I'm very, very proud and, and happy that I got to be the guy to write the book, the first book ever written about him. Uh, I had interviewed Tom several times previously to that. First time in 1994 uh, when Wildflowers came out, which he was just brimming with happiness, so proud of all those songs. and Such a happy time in his life. And we connected. Uh, I'm a songwriter and a musician. And, you know, as musicians speak to fellow musicians differently than to civilians, so we had a great connection. I was able to interview him several times after that. And in around 2004, I came to him with the idea of doing a, a whole book of conversations about his music. And it was good timing because he needed a book. His fans wanted a book. A publisher was wanting a book. So the timing was great. So we decided it would be a whole book of conversations about the music, the work, not his personal life. But as, as we got into it, it became really clear that all his songs were about his life and his whole life was wrapped up in his songs. So it was about his music, but it's, it tells the whole story of his life as well. And we conducted over almost a year of uh, Saturdays at one of his two houses in Malibu. And it was just a, a real joy to work with him. What a, well, yeah, what an honor, man. And, really and I have to say, I read about your process, and I think it should be, like, I've never heard of anyone writing a book with a songwriter this way, and I feel like now everyone who ever writes a book with a songwriter should write it this way, is you would learn his songs mm -hmm. and then come to the sessions with how many songs... Uh, we, we maybe six to ten songs. Six right? to ten songs. So you'd learn six to ten songs and show up mm -hmm. and then play them for Tom Petty. Would you guys play them together? No, no, I wouldn't actually play them. For no, them. no. Why I did that is because, you know, for, for years prior to this, I've been interviewing a lot of songwriters. I did a big book called Songwriters on Songwriting. Great That's book. How Tom, thank you. That's how Tom uh, first got to know about me because I had interviewed Dylan, and he liked that interview. And these were really about songwriting. And so uh, Tom appreciated uh, that focus on songwriting. And uh, as a songwriter myself, I mean, uh, as people know, uh, songwriters so often in the press get asked about their lyrics, but rarely do they get to talk about the, the magic and the mystery of writing music and the mechanics of writing music and how songs come together in the whole process. And yet they're geniuses. I mean, Tom made it seem effortless 
But he was a genius at that. As he said, it took a lot of effort to make it seem effortless. Yeah. A song like You Wreck Me, which goes by in just over three minutes, took him a year to get the right title. It was You Rock Me for a long time. I think and, you wrecked the mic there. For, I'm sorry. No, it's I? okay. I'm just going to joke. Forgive me. Synchronicity. <laughs> but uh, so he had a lot of diligence and love for it. And uh, he loved to talk about the process. So that's what uh, really connected us. And I find if you go into these interviews knowing how a song is written, if I talk to Paul Simon, I know about Still Crazy, how there's a great key change in there, or Tom's brilliant use of chords. It really appeals to the songwriter because so much of their soul is there and their genius. Mm -hmm. So it enabled him to open up in a way because he's so proud of the songs with good reason uh, and so rarely gets to discuss the process, which is a mysterious process but exciting and one he loved more than anything. He told me many times, nothing he liked more than music. He said my friends go to golf, you know, golf <laughs> or go to Hawaii. He loved music more than anything. I think we have a room full of people who can totally relate. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to do something I've never done before on this show, which is basically make you the co-host of the show, because usually we have the musician who can do that. But uh, as much as I love all these musicians, they, don't, they didn't get to talk about these songs with Tom Petty. Um, so, but you're, so we're going to have a lot of time to talk about Tom Petty, okay. but we're going to start with your question okay. for the Pop Oracle. So Paul Zolo. What okay. is your question for the Pop Oracle? I was thinking about what, what to ask for the one essential question. And it was interesting talking to Tom because uh, Bob Dylan had said something to both of us. When I talked to Dylan, he said to me, you know, the world doesn't need any more new songs. If no one wrote any more new songs, we'd be fine. And I, he said that to Tom, too. And Tom said, yeah, I think he was joking. So my question for the Pop Oracle, because I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, inspired and, and it means so much to me how, how much Tom's passing has impacted the world and how... The greatness of a song still matters so much, even in the 21st century with this kind of technology we have, that no one has surpassed the greatness of a song. So my question is, will songs always matter to humankind as we go on into previous centuries, hoping that we do have previous centuries, I mean, future centuries, and uh, will songwriters always be writing new songs, and will there always be a need for them in the world? Okay. Well, now to engage the pop oracle... You get to spin. I get to spin. The wheel of eight. All right. Na 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 na. We love eight. And that is song number three. And that is from the album Southern Accents. Mm. And that's a song that actually Marshall and I are going to perform for you. All right. I love Southern Accents. Well, we come with what was on our backs Back when the leaves had dried and all turned black Back when the wind was cold and it blew them around And we lay our blankets on the ground well, we woke up feeling hungry, looking straight into the sun Like a cold night on the ground, like a dog on the run Fell overboard and washed up on the beach Felt the waves of sand roll over me I was held to the home of a young bleached blonde. As 
Said I discovered early in life His ways of getting almost anything I want Yeah, but some of us are different It's just something in the blood There's no need for explanation It's just dogs on the run It's dogs on the run without a net Well, they'll beg you for the answers It'll never be enough There's no way that you could tell them It's just dogs on the run Just dogs on the run That was Dogs on the Run. Beautifully done. Good work. Whew, let me... <clears throat> I stopped touring because when I, I got to the point where I would just cry anytime I got anything that was good, and it's really hard to sing while you're crying, so I only got it at the end. <clears throat> so It's appropriate right now. Tears are okay. Well, it's a great question you asked. Um, let me just take a second here. Okay, I got that out. Ah, sorry, guys. It's a lot of Tom's fans doing this right now. We've been doing it for a while now. It's a couple of weeks already. Yeah. Well, your question is so appropriate. I mean, that record, it's weird. I'm In this catalog, I feel like it did... A, it, challenges you as a challenges you as a fan of his songs in a way that almost none of his other records do because the production is so heavy on it mm -hmm. and um 
And it was the re- but it was the record that came out when I was in 1985 when I was in high school and I was just really just starting to write. Mm. Uh, and uh, so that's why I chose that song. I feel like it uh, kind of puts the lie to a lot of the things you hear. Like people, like it's such a Who song. It's such a Bruce Springsteen song. Mm. It's got Dylan in there. His love for, I mean, it's also such a Tom Petty song. I mean, his mm. his ability to take all of these elements and make it totally his own song. But mm. then once you get into it and you start playing it, you're like, oh, those big, that's the who. I can mm. hear Towns and just tearing into that in mm. those choruses and in the, pre, the pre-chorus that uh, uh, the sun and I, we woke with the sun in our eyes. That's so, it feels like very Springsteen and... Mm-hmm. Um, not in a way that it's, again, it's not derivative because he, when you're when you have that gift, you take any song, you make it your own song. He's, it's always a Tom Petty song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't really able to think about that too deeply as the answer to the question because I was performing it. So this is where you're going to play my co-host a little bit. What did you think about that song as the answer to the question? It was interesting because it's a song about you know we came with just what was on our backs. It's a song about being in the world, not needing anything else but just your essential self. And Tom's essential self was always about rock and roll and about music. And, uh, I mean, just hearing it today, just hearing your your, your passionate version of it made me think, uh, yeah, that still works. There's really nothing that, that, that reaches that kind of level of emotion. That You guys could just do that with two instruments and a voice and get to that place. And a big part of it is the guy that wrote that song, that you have a song like that. But I, I have hope that the answer is that we'll always have songs like that that matter. And you need new songs that fit modern times, and our times are changing. And I'm hopeful that, that we'll always need songs. I mean, so far through the history of mankind, it seems that way. The songs have always been a part of mankind. And uh, it's heartening to me that even in, you know, with the technology and the way the world's evolving and that people hear music and collect it and listen to it in different ways, still no one's come up with anything better than the song. And songs still matter. And with Tom's passing, it's really brought home so powerfully how deeply his songs have impacted us, and for decades. Not just that he was an artist doing stuff from a distance, but he was our friend, you know? Yeah. It's really a sense that he was a friend. It's more than so many people. And uh, and I'm hoping the world will have more people like Tom Petty. I mean, the thing that Dylan said when, when I interviewed him about that issue that a lot of people didn't pick up on, he said, you know, the world doesn't need any more new songs, and people quoted that. But his next line was, unless someone comes along with a pure heart and has something to really say, Tom had a pure heart. Yeah. Bob, that's why Bob loved him. That's why George Harrison loved him. These guys changed the arc of popular song for all time, and they loved Tom Petty because it was pure. He didn't fake that. That was as real. That song is as real as it gets. And know? I think, and it's and it's re- like I said, it's a, uh, it's a very simple song, you know. I, and uh, and I've uh, I, one of the podcasts that I was listening to, people were talking about Tom Petty, and it really bummed me out. This guy was like, you know, Tom Petty was so great, and he could write "Free Fallin" in like half an hour. And it just made me just never want to write a song again. And I was like, you got the absolute wrong message from Tom Petty. Right. It's, if it's, it's not that it's, it is that easy if you do it every day for your whole life, then you can write that song in half an hour. Because you, 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 you write those and you write those. And maybe you won't write Free Fallen, but the idea, like, there's no, there's no uh, difficult magic to that song. Anyone who has played guitar for a year should be able to play that song and sing it the way they sing it. Yeah. And that's what Tom Petty did that was so great, is that none of his songs are songs that a first-year guitar player couldn't play if they put their mind to it. Yeah. And if you learn to play those songs in your first year, you're going to learn how to write. 
You're going to learn how to write. So that's a great and education. It's it's all there. I can't think of any anyone in the the American Songbook whose songs are as simple, except for maybe Woody Guthrie. And yeah, but it's yeah. a it's a deceptive simplicity. I know it. Well, the and production it, is a that's a production, I don't mean the production. The band, I mean, <laughs> the structure of those chords. So many of those they're using very simple chords. One, yeah. three, you know, five. His one, four, five, sometimes six. His first song he said was C, F, G, and A minor. He's very proud I know, of that. I know. I read that in your. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's really brilliant. Like that pre-chorus on that, even though those are simple chords, yeah. it's pretty brilliantly the yeah. way the melody is. Oh, sings. Yeah. And recently I've just been kind of uh, just in awe of how brilliantly he structured them. They seem so simple, and yet we just heard, you know, uh, Crawling Back to Me, that bridge, that's just pure genius, you know? <laughs> and the truth is Tom very rarely wrote a song in a half hour. He said Wildflowers came through in as long as it takes to sing it. Unusual. And Southern uh, Accents, he wrote in the middle of the night, it came through... But that's very unusual. He said, yeah. you, you wreck me. It took him about a year to get the right word. He had, you rock me. I know. And it seems like that just came out of his heart right to his songbook. But he spent a lot of time to get it right. And he had that patience. And in songwriting, it's such a short form that, as you know well, any, every word matters. Yeah. Change one word from rock to wreck. It changes the whole thing. It's a dimensional change. And yeah. Tom recognized that. So it, it was unusual that he could write a song that quickly. That very rarely happened. Well, uh, we're going to be digging into that songbook, and uh, we've got two songs off the board, and like I said, we've got people, some of my favorite musicians from all over Los Angeles, guys who have, I mean, we try, actually, we tried to get some, tried to get to, some women to, to come out, but the only guy, the only people who responded to the Tom Petty call out were a bunch of middle-aged white dudes, go figure. <laughs> Dad Rock, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so stick around, and we'll have more Radio 8 Ball. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball on Feral Audio. If you'd like more information about the Pop Oracle, please check out our website at Radio8Ball.com, where you can find out about upcoming shows, about asking your own question on the podcast, and about our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed on Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. Until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Ball Show.